Welcome to the August 2023 edition of The Urbanist Live, the podcast produced by the Urban Development Institute of Australia in WA. I'm your host, Tanya Steinbeck, CEO of UDIAWA, and in this episode, we have the privilege of the Honourable John Carey, MLA, our Minister for Planning, Lands, Housing and Homelessness, joining us. Welcome, Minister. Thank you, Tanya. Great to be here. So look, a very timely conversation today, given National Cabinet meeting in Brisbane, talking about housing supply and affordability. So fantastic opportunity to pick your brains about what that looks like from a WA perspective in particular. So I guess firstly, just wanted to set the scene and just talk broadly around housing supply and the housing continuum as a concept, which started in WA some years ago and has now been adopted across the country. So, Minister, why is it important that there is a diversity of housing product available to people across WA? First of all, it is recognising that people have different lifestyles, different choices, about how they want to live and where they want to live. And so I think as a government, we've got to recognise that and help facilitate that. But also understanding that in this very challenging times in regards to housing, tight rental market, the need for more housing supply, you you do have a deep understanding and appreciation that any addition of housing to any part of that continuum is actually critical. So when you have such demand for our rental market, we need to look at all aspects of the continuum. And so we still need those four by two homes that West Australians love, but we also need to facilitate infill and density, which is also a critical part of the proposition. So for me, as the Minister for Housing, but also now with planning, I understand that we've got to do everything we can to boost housing supply across that continuum uh, and recognising it's also about providing choice to West Australians. Fantastic. And I, I think, you know, it's it's no secret, obviously, that WA and across the country, in fact, we're dealing with a housing crisis and there's a lot of commentary, which is very positive to hear from all levels of government acknowledging that supply is a significant issue. So what do you see as the primary challenges, you know, as Minister for Planning and Housing in getting more supply to the market? I, I listen and speak to, uh, you know, obviously a, a range of different states stakeholders and industry. And it's clear to me that there is a multitude of factors at play. And I don't think it's as easy to to single out one. But clearly, at a national level, planning reform has been identified at National Cabinet as a critical issue. So recognising that delays in approval can have significant impacts on the cost of a project or or ultimately the viability of a project. And so that's why you're seeing a big push there. Obviously, skilled labour is another critical part of the equation. Our government's rolling out a significant package to attract skilled labour to Western Australia to build homes. And there is other, you know, I think some of the other issues have tapered off, i.e. the global supply chain issues. But I do think the other part is just that broader long-term planning about land availability. And I think a number of of states also struggle with this challenge and is that how do we foresee and what is our vision for Perth into 
the future, but also making sure that we do have that available land for new homes. Yeah, and I think that's something that UDIA in particular is very focused on working on development-ready pipeline projects across the country to really get a more granular understanding of what the pipeline of supply looks like between now 5, 10 and 15 years into the future and, and what the constraints are, I guess, in bringing that supply to market. So from your perspective, you know, this obviously you've done, you know, your government has done an enormous amount of work in the planning reform space already. And I would say leading the country perhaps in that regard. What do you think some of the solutions are outside sort of the planning reform that we've already seen in terms of delivering social and affordable housing? Again, massive commitment from your government. What are some of the out-of-the-box solutions that you're hearing? from stakeholders and considering moving forward? Yeah, look, it is uh, certainly our state government has been working hard. You know, we have record investment, $2.6 billion to deliver 4,000 social homes. We have been throwing everything at this, the kitchen sink, so to speak, in terms of delivery, changing up delivery, moving to timber frame, modular homes, looking at existing stock and, and refurbishing it and, 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 and using it for social housing, but also, you know, looking at lazy land and how we can utilise that to, to bring to the market. Also uh, creating an infrastructure fund to help subsidise both infill and density and uh, regional workers' accommodation. We are really trying, again, as I've said, there isn't one magical solution to delivering social and affordable housing. And I think what you really come to appreciate is that there is a number of different levers and effectively we're trying to use every lever we can across the spectrum of policies, but also trying to identify those blockages or hurdles that stand in the way of delivering more social housing and affordable housing. And I think that is a difficult proposition because people disagree on that as well. You know, it is always contested and debated. Here we've got a problem. What's the best policy solution? Sometimes you will find that people will be on very much different sides. So certainly I think we're rolling through a number of uh, of different policy measures, but I'm still interested in those blockages or challenges and how we best deal with them. Yeah, look, and I think that's definitely the lens at which, you know, certainly UDIA looks at things and we call them friction points, you know, along along the way. You know, we've discussed previously, one of the key things is that integration or collaboration between planning and environment, particularly for those areas that are in the more greenfields side of the market. How do you see bringing together the planning and environment sort of assessment and approvals processes working more effectively in the future? Look, Tanya, that is a very good question. And, and as you would and your members would well understand, it's, of course, not just the state jurisdiction, but also Commonwealth. And of course, in my day-to-day -day engagement with a range of people from your members. I mean, you called it a friction point, but it is a clear friction point for your membership. So look, I'm, I'm, I suppose what I'm prepared to do is re-look at this issue from a planning perspective in terms of the, you know, the timeframes, concurrency and decision-making, 
they're some of the issues that people raise is, you know, the willingness of agencies or bureaucracies to actually undertake concurrent assessment processes and ultimately decision making. Because obviously time, as I've said before, is the essence. So it is my intention to, you know, get land developers around the table to talk about are there any more short-term wins that we can pursue? And what are those some of those longer-term reforms that perhaps we can consider? Fantastic. And I think, you know, aside from the environmental piece, you know, that's the strategic approach to infrastructure planning and coordination is another area which I know your government is is looking at as well. So moving forward then, Minister, obviously we're not expecting a scoop necessarily today in terms of what, you know, the Premier will discuss at National Cabinet. But what are, the, what are some of the planning reform initiatives that WA may be considering or putting on the table in a federal context to help contribute to the supply issue across the country? Well, I think what you'll see out of National Cabinet is likely an agreed approach on potentially a framework for planning reform. And I think that's critical is, you know, planning reform when we hear it is just this really broad, you know, sort of catch cry. And so I, I think having some a framework for all states to consider their systems, recognising, and you'd be aware of this, states are at very different levels. And of course, it is hard to create a national push when the way that, because it is all governed by state legislation, it can be so invariably different. But I think some general principles around streamlining in particular for infill, for affordable and social housing. Now, for me, I think Western Australia has been, and I think is recognised as being a leader in terms of planning reform. And so we may not have to go as far as other states because we already have some of those or are proposing some of the changes. So for example, as you would be aware, we have currently with COVID provisions, a significant pathway, and the previous minister already indicated that we'll be continuing that in a form. So what I can say is I am still looking at other ways of the current approval process for building form and seeing if there is any opportunities further streamline or provide certainty in the process. Can't go further than that. Fantastic. No, I really appreciate that and something that we'll be watching very closely to see, you know, also observing what the other states commit to do as well, acknowledging, as you said, that each state is in a slightly different situation. So, I guess moving forward, what what is your vision, you know, from a, now that you have all of the levers, I guess, at your disposal, being Minister for Planning, Lands, Housing, et cetera. What, what's your vision? What would you like to see as an outcome at the end of your, your term as Minister in these portfolios? My vision is to that we are able to provide a range of different housing for West Australians, creating affordable housing where they want to live. So providing people that real choice while boosting overall housing supply and in ensuring that for those who are doing it tough, our most vulnerable, that they are able to be provided secure housing. Now, I hope that when people see at the end of my term as 
in these portfolios, whenever that is, that people can see that our government has used every lever it can to tackle the immediate challenge that we face, which is critically boosting housing supply, but also making major structural changes to policy that ensures that pipeline into the future, while also facilitating critical infill and density that we need, which Western Australia has in the past lagged behind. So, you know, there's the immediate challenge, there's ensuring we've got the right policies in place for the long-term supply, but there's also boosting and, and bringing up infill and density, which is critical to the future of, of Perth as a city. I think that that's a fantastic vision and certainly that one that our industry in particular would definitely get behind and support. And I guess just in sort of wrapping things up, what can we do as a development industry from your perspective as Minister? You hear so many different opinions, views from various stakeholder groups, private and public. What What is it as a development industry that we can do to I guess, help you achieve that vision over the coming years? Yeah, look, that's a really good question. And I think my first message is that I do have an open door policy. I don't make any decision lightly. I understand the responsibilities of my portfolio and that the decisions I make affect small and medium builders to, to large developers and that affects housing supply. I suppose what I would say is I'm interested in testing new ideas. If there is those friction points, those challenges, those issues that need addressing, let me know what the potential reforms or solutions are. But also, you know, provide an accurate, honest account about both the pros and cons of reforms. You know, every decision you make, you understand that there can have a range of different uh, policy outcomes. I suppose what I'm looking for is that development says this is a friction point, this is a challenge, here's, you know, a concrete example, and here's how a policy reform could help us streamline or accelerate the delivery of affordable social housing and also infill and density. That's fantastic, Minister. I think it's really important that as an industry that we look inwards and look at what, I guess, the opportunities are that we can leverage and use and those ideas and innovations that we can bring to the table to support the, I guess, the overall objective of delivering housing choice and housing diversity across WA. So in drawing things to a close now, we I always ask those people that we interview on our podcast what their message in a bottle is for those that are listening to this at the moment. You know, in the in the context of the discussion that's happening today nationally and and, and what we're experiencing um, in the market here, what's your message in a bottle? I want to assure the industry, I and our government are doing everything we can using every lever to accelerate and boost housing supply in Western Australia. And I am open, my door is open, to test new ideas, to look at new reforms from industry that can help us deliver that aim. 
Fantastic. That, that's a brilliant message and no doubt will be welcomed by our listeners that are considering a whole bunch of different views and opinions at the moment about how we how we solve this housing crisis. And a credit to, to yourself and your Cabinet colleagues for being so open and willing to engage with industry. It is very much appreciated and acknowledged. So thank you so much for making the time to have a chat to us today, Minister. No doubt you have a very busy day ahead. Thanks, Tanya. Always happy to engage with your organisation. Deeply respect you and the UDIA and always happy to engage with members. Thank you very much, Minister. And thank you very much for listening in. I hope that our chat today has provided you with some information that assists you in your business. Stay tuned for more episodes of The Urbanist Live, sharing property market and urban development industry insights with our listeners over the coming months.